Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Yale Admissions Office. I'm Hannah, and I'm a Yale Admissions Officer. And I'm Mark. I'm also a Yale Admissions Officer. And today's episode is all going to be about money. Money. (laughs) Financial aid, specifically. Uh, This is a topic like admissions that can be the source of a good bit of anxiety. And like admissions, a lot of this anxiety comes from the fact that there is a ton of uncertainty involved. I know we have a lot of parents who are listeners. And Mm -hmm. as a parent, you have realized that your college education for your kids is probably one of the most expensive things that you are ever going to pay for but you probably don't have a great sense of how much you're gonna pay for it beyond a sense that it's probably going to be a lot. Now, of course, this is an admissions office podcast, but the financial aid office is sort of a sister sibling office to us. And we are really lucky to have one person at Yale who is both an admissions officer and a financial aid officer. He's joined us today on the podcast. Hello, Matt. Hi, Mark. Hi, Hannah. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast today. I'm really excited to be here. Thanks, Matt. Well, in addition to being the perfect literal embodiment of how we try (laughs) to combine our efforts at admissions and financial aid, um, you are also someone who's been in this field for a long time, so we're excited to tap into your your expertise. And I have found in some ways that financial aid can be more complicated um, than admissions. Today, though, we're going to try to keep things simple. This is our 101 episode. And as we were putting this together, we, we kind of thought about four different things that you should keep in mind throughout the entire process of applying for financial aid. Thing number one, whether your family can afford to pay the full cost of attendance or absolutely nothing or something in between is not going to make it harder for you to be admitted. This is called need blind admissions. Yes. Uh, Thing number two is that how much financial aid you receive is going to depend on one thing alone, which is how much your family can afford. And that is what we call need-based financial aid. All right. Number three, financial aid officers, people like Matt, they're like admissions officers, people like us. We're real people. We understand that everything that affects your family's ability to afford the cost of college is not always going to fit neatly into some government-issued form. Hmm. This is called holistic needs assessment. Yes. Finally, you know, the mission of the undergraduate financial aid office is not to be stingy with aid dollars or just work within a set budget. It's to make sure that Yale is affordable for everyone. So those are the four things you're going to keep hearing us come back to. Need-blind admissions, need-based financial aid, holistic needs assessment, and a commitment to affordability. Those are the four things that guide all of our work together in admissions and financial aid together. So before we talk about aid, let's talk a little bit about costs, what it's going to cost you to attend a college like Yale. Um, If you go on any college website, you'll see something called the estimated cost of attendance. Do not be scared off by this number. Yale's estimated cost of attendance for the 2021-2022 academic year is $81,575. That figure includes your tuition, your room or your housing, Board, which is, if you're unfamiliar with that term, that's essentially your meal plan. There's also a small student activity fee that we charge here at Yale. Um, And these four categories are are what is known as build expenses or direct costs, items that would appear on your Yale bill. Uh, And then we also include uh, $3,700 in that cost of attendance figure as an estimate for how much you'll spend on books and other personal expenses throughout the year. So that includes things like travel costs, toiletries, 
some pocket money to hang out with friends on the weekends, things like that. Yeah, so any way you look at it, holy cow, that's a big number. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. you might've had just like a Looney Tunes kind of experience where like <laughs> your, your eyes went like a or your ears exploded or something like that when you mm -hmm. heard those numbers. So like, let's call a spade a spade. That's a big number. And by the way, that's just for one year. Right. Um, right. So, as we said, stay with us. Stay with us, folks. Um, our goal is to actually bring that number down way, way, way down. Let's start, though, by explaining, you know, as you look across colleges, you're going to see a good amount of variance, especially with that tuition figure, right? You might see that tuition is a lot higher, a lot lower at, say, a community college versus a four-year university. If you are in-state and going to a public institution versus out-of-state at a public institution versus a private institution, the tuition rate doesn't tell you very much at all. Let's right. start with that. Mm -hmm. It certainly doesn't tell you how good a school is, and it also doesn't tell you how much you are going to actually pay. So we wanna start off just with that number and say, don't be fooled here. Yeah, you'll also see different prices for the the other costs that Matt mentioned, like housing and meal plans at different schools. Things can really vary depending on whether you're living on campus or at home. Are you traveling to campus from across the country or are you down the street from home? Will you rent books or buy books? Do you eat out a lot? All of these different things will have a say in how much your cost of attendance will be. That's why it's called an estimated cost of attendance. Yeah, that estimated piece is easy to miss in the name. Like you're going to focus on, on the cost part. It's good to remember. Remember, that's an estimate. Even before we're talking about aid, we're only talking about an estimate. A few things at Yale make it a little bit simpler. So let's cover these bases first. At Yale, everyone attends full time. Mm -hmm. So the tuition's the same for everyone. Everyone either lives on campus and has a full meal plan or they live off campus, but the estimated cost for housing and meals are the same. Everyone also has the same estimate for what they'll spend on books and personal expenses. And then the one thing that's a little bit different is we do use a personalized estimate for travel expenses based on where you call home. If you are from West Haven, which is like two miles away from campus, that's gonna be a little different than if you're from Alaska. And we'll actually adjust your estimated cost of attendance based on that figure. Yeah, and it might be surprising to you that we're talking about some things that wouldn't necessarily show up on a bill, like your laundry detergent or plane tickets, your groceries if you're living off campus, Campus. But, um, you know, no matter where you're applying to college and no matter how they give out financial aid, everyone's going to be operating within this framework of estimated mm -hmm. cost of attendance, which will just always include something beyond tuition. Yeah, I find that sometimes that is counterintuitive for folks. They tend to focus in on what's the bill, what's tuition. And from an aid perspective, we're actually always thinking of a larger number. Um, and as Matt, you mentioned, it's, it, it is useful to divide those costs though into two categories. What is billed and what's unbilled? And billed expenses are, as the name implies, things that show up on a bill, like tuition and your housing fees and meal plan costs. Unbilled expenses are those things that you're likely to incur, but actually your actual expenses, they're gonna depend on your own choices for things like your travel, and your personal necessities, your how many late night snack runs you make, et cetera. We're trying to encapsulate the full cost of attendance, right? Not just what it might cost you to pay towards your bill, but we know that there are other costs involved uh, being a student at Yale. Yes. So a large inclusive cost of attendance is a good thing because that is the starting point for estimating how much scholarship aid a family would need to be able to afford to attend. And remember that all of Yale's financial aid is based on need. So Matt, do you want to talk a little bit about what exactly that means? Sure. Yeah. Need-based financial aid simply means that we provide financial aid funding solely based on how much your individual family needs to make your education affordable. 
So we're only considering your family's financial situation when we're doing our calculations to determine how much scholarship aid you would be eligible for. And of course, there are a lot of different factors that go into that understanding of your financial situation, right? Uh, we're looking at your family size, the number of students in college, and all of these different pieces that make up your family's income and assets as provided to us on the financial aid application materials that you submit. But to sort of drive this point home, the financial aid office at Yale is not looking at your individual strengths as an applicant mm. to Yale mm. um, for your admission. We're not looking at your admissions application to determine if you should receive more financial aid. Uh, we don't offer in that sense what are called merit-based scholarships. That's a totally separate concept altogether. Along with this need-based approach, there are two really important principles. Um, we call them vertical equity and horizontal equity. They sound complicated. They're actually really straightforward. What vertical equity means is that everyone at Yale should pay according to their means. Um, so people who have higher income and assets generally, they should pay more. And those with lower income and assets, they should pay less because they can afford less. Horizontal equity means that people at Yale who have similar income and assets should pay the same amount. Um, and by the way, we should mention here that Yale is one of a small handful of institutions in the U.S. that has the same admissions and aid policies for all students, regardless of citizenship or immigration status. And that's what makes our work in admissions easier than uh, than it is at a lot of other places. We're very, very fortunate to have that generous policy in the admissions office. Yeah. So if you're listening, you may already be someone who knows kind of the basics of financial aid. And so you've sort of been like, yeah, 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 throughout all this. And now you're wondering, though, OK, all that sounds nice. But what is this going to mean for me? What is it going to mean for my family? What would our bottom line actually be? So Matt, you've probably answered that question a lot of times. What's the simplest way for a, for a family to get an answer to that question? Oh, how I wish there was a simple answer to that question. <laughs> um, that question, or the answer to that question rather, depends on a lot of different factors. But here's what I can say. Uh, when you apply for financial aid, we ask you to send us a lot of information about your family's finances, information about your household size, about the number of students your family has in college in a given year. And using all of that data, we have a calculation here that provides us with a number. And that number, um, which I would argue offers a realistic expectation of what your family might be able to pay for a Yale education, is the number that we use to determine how much financial aid you could ultimately receive. But keep in mind, you know, this isn't just a calculation. Again, there is a human on the other side mm -hmm. of the desk here. I am an actual human being. True story. Matt's a, a real live person, folks. <laughs> Can confirm. <Yes. laughs> we'll go through your family's tax returns. We'll read your FAFSA. We'll read your CSS profile. And I'll be thinking about your family's financial circumstances, your individual circumstances, trying to account for all of these different factors that might play into how much your family would be able to contribute. And one great thing that all schools do offer um, is a net price calculator. So on our website, um, we have two great tools uh, for um, at least at the time, domestic students, U.S. citizens or permanent residents to estimate how much it might cost for them to attend Yale. Matt, can you tell us a little bit about um, the types of documents that you'll see sort of in the financial aid process? Um, you know, what's required in sort of most simple cases and then some of the other stuff that tends to come up in kind of more complicated cases. 
Sure. I'll try not to bore anyone. <laughs> I'm a financial aid nerd, so I love this stuff. But that, that's why really that's why you're dull. here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but essentially, for most applicants, we're collecting, I like to think of them as buckets, three buckets of information. Um, so first, there's the FAFSA. Um, that is the free application for federal student aid, which is available to you uh, online completely for free, as the name implies. If you're an international citizen, uh, you would not be asked to complete this form, so don't worry about it. That's the first main piece. The second piece is the CSS profile, which is the College Board's financial aid application. Uh, this is a form that usually asks for a lot more detailed information, a lot of information about, you know, the details of your parents' income, some of the details of what makes up their assets, business equity, things like that. And then finally, that third bucket, we ask financial aid applicants to submit signed copies of your parents and you and your tax returns as well, you're the student. Now, obviously, there are a lot of different variations here, depending on your circumstances. Maybe your parents don't file tax returns. Uh, maybe you come from a divorced uh, family or have, a, have parents who are divorced or separated. We've seen it all, really. And what we do is we take all of these different data and we use two different methodologies. And this is where things get into the weeds a little bit. We use a federal methodology to determine your eligibility for federal financial aid funding. And we use institutional methodology to calculate how much financial aid you might receive from Yale specifically. Each methodology makes a number of different allowances with regards to your family's income and assets. And our goal here is not to make your family break the bank or spend their life savings mm -hmm. on higher education, but to come up with a number that your family can realistically afford. And, you know, we have straightforward cases where it's, it's pretty clear what that number will be. Uh, we call these vanilla files because they're <laughs> pretty easy to read, uh, pretty flavorless. All of you <laughs> vanilla fans out there, I hope you're not offended. Uh, but they're just easier to work with, and the information is really clear to us. Things can get a bit more complicated in situations where there are some extenuating circumstances that might complicate our understanding of your family's financial situation. Each of these additional pieces can really add layers of complication to that underlying calculation. But rest assured that much like the admissions officers reading your admissions applications, financial aid officers are trained for all sorts of different scenarios. And we have policies that carefully lay out the different ways we might treat any given situation. And while each situation is unique, you know, I can almost guarantee we've dealt with and seen some similar situation in the past. Yeah, it really is analogous to admissions. I mean, mm. I know that we get a lot of questions that are sort of premised on this idea of, well, I don't fit what I think the mold is, so I'm doomed. Right, right. right. And, I, and I know that you all sort of similarly like, well, we don't have this exactly. We're not a vanilla sort of folder, so <laughs> we must be doomed and we're not going to qualify right. for any aid. And I think in, more in, of a rocky road kind <laughs> of folder. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, uh, and I think in both cases, there's a you know it is worth sort of doing a paradigm shift here, right? Like in the same way that our job in admissions is not to just say like, well, this is complicated, so no, your job in financial aid is to say this is complicated. Let's make sure that the student in this family can afford it the same way, right? Like yeah, our goal isn't exactly. to deny as many people as possible. Your goal isn't to like spend as little money on aid as possible. The mission, as we said, one of our four things. Your mm -hmm. mission is to make Yale affordable for everyone.
Okay, so let's talk about what actually goes into these financial aid awards. Mm -hmm. Each one has essentially three parts, right? There is a parent share, which is based on the family's ability to pay. Mm -hmm. There's the student share. um, And this is what we think a student would be able to earn from one or more jobs during the academic year in the summer. At Yale, the nice thing about this is that it's always set equal to our estimate for your books and personal expenses. So that estimate is $3,700 per year. And if you spend less, that's great. The last part is the exciting part. Scholarships. (laughs) Yes. Scholarships, meaning grants, meaning free money given to you that never needs to be repaid. And everyone who qualifies for aid is going to receive a Yale scholarship. That Yale scholarship might be a few thousand dollars a year. It might be upwards of $80,000 a year. Your collection of scholarships and your aid award might also include some from the federal government or outside organizations as well. In some cases, those scholarships can reduce your student share or even your parent share as well. Yeah, and it's important to note that Yale does not include loans in these awards. We're always going to account for the full cost of attendance with these three pieces that we just went over. So as we mentioned, admissions and financial aid are separate offices, and that's for a good reason. Since 1964, Yale has operated with this need-blind admissions policy for all domestic students, and since 2000, it's included everyone, regardless of citizenship or immigration status. That means that The admissions office is not in the business of revenue generation or budget balancing for the university. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. We don't have to think about this at all. I'm so glad that's not our job. I would be awful at it. Good spot to be in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There are a lot of private universities where they can't do this. They have students that they want to admit, but they just can't because then they know that the university won't be able to afford to give them the financial aid that they'll need. Those schools are called need aware. There's nothing wrong with those schools. It's just simply a product of the financial resources that they have available. We are spoiled rotten in a lot of ways in our work in that we are at a university that has a very significant endowment and it allows us to operate this way. Okay, you know Mark and I love to bust myths. So um, let's let's tackle some misconceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, some people do not believe us when we say that we're near, need blind. Yep. They see that we have a question on the application that asks, have you applied for financial aid? And And so does that mean that we're not fully need blind? Busted. We asked that question simply to coordinate in our database. That's because if you are admitted, we want to give you a financial aid award letter right away because we know that you're going to need to know how much it's going to cost before you make your admissions decision. Um, Another misconception. You say that you are affirmative for students from lower income backgrounds. Doesn't that mean that you aren't need blind? Uh. Busted again, but good question. Here's the deal. Admissions officers, we are never looking at your financial aid documents. And we also recognize that something as complex as socioeconomic diversity on our campus, it's not as simple as just looking at families' income. But I think the simplest way to understand all of this is is to put it this way. Your family's ability to pay won't ever hurt your chances of being admitted. If you are admitted to Yale and you receive a financial aid award um, and it's not quite what you expected or you feel like it's not, um, you know, quite enough to help you attend Yale, the admissions office encourages admitted students to request a review of their award if they don't feel like it captures their family's ability to pay or if new information comes in. Yeah, you heard that right. Um, There is no review process or appeals process for admissions decisions, but there actually is a process for reviewing financial aid awards. But please keep in mind, 
this isn't a negotiation at a car dealership, <laughs> right? Uh, right? Um, this is uh, a process whereby if you have new information or contextual uh, you know, pieces to add that you know weren't in the forms that you submitted, or if you see that another school has evaluated your financial need differently, you should let the office know. So Matt, I know you've been in a lot of these conversations. What do those tend to look like and what's the review committee's goal? Yeah, it's a great question. So every financial aid review committee um, is made up of roughly eight to 10 financial aid officers. So we'll receive a request for review from an admitted student or sometimes a current student. It's usually a letter that uh, spells out what the change of circumstances is. One financial aid officer will review that initial request for review, look at the documentation, look at what the student or family is telling us. Um, And then we'll present that uh, information to this committee of eight to 10 financial aid officers. The full committee always has our financial aid senior leadership team. The aid officer will just lay out the special circumstances. Most often, again, it is a change of circumstances. Mm -hmm. We are responding to situations where, you know, uh, often a parent loses a job or there's some change to the income or assets that were initially reported. And as a committee, we're hearing the case and trying to understand where the family is coming from and why their current financial aid award isn't feasible for them. All of the aid officers in the room review the details of the way we calculated a student's eligibility for aid, that underlying calculation. And we're trying to gauge whether the additional information we receive in the appeal is grounds for making an adjustment so the review committee's goal ultimately is to try and understand where the commi- where the family is coming from, what additional circumstances we should be taking into consideration. And there are three outcomes to these conversations. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can approve a request for review where we find the lever to pull that mm-hmm. makes an appropriate adjustment to the financial aid award. We can deny the request for review. Um, not the funnest part of my job, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Right. Um, but where, you know, these are situations where we just can't respond to the change of circumstances for one reason or another. And then the third option is oftentimes we just need more information. Yeah. Um, sometimes we just don't have the documentation we need or the right documentation. Um, and again, you know, we see it all. We know that life happens. Circumstances change. So we encourage you to be in touch with us. You will uh, talk to a human on the other end of that phone line. So as you can see, this is all complicated and we have only sort of scratched the surface here. There are a lot of unknowns in this process, but don't let that discourage you from applying to colleges like Yale that have what what appears to be kind of a higher sticker price or going through the process of applying for financial aid. The time that you put into understanding and applying for aid can be worth literally hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, The terminology and the steps, they can seem complicated, but keep those four big picture things in mind that we talked about. Remember, your family's financial situation is not going to hurt your chances of admission. If you are admitted, your family is going to be able to afford the cost of attendance based on a need-based financial aid award. There are going to be real people involved in every step of the way. And remember that our goal is to make your education affordable. Uh, Matt, thanks so much for joining us today. Do you have any final words of wisdom for folks who are maybe listening and, and just starting to think about financial aid for the very first time? Sure. I have two very quick things. Um, The first thing is whether you're applying to Yale or whether you're applying to other colleges and universities, 
Um, it's important, especially for financial aid, to not miss deadlines. Mm -hmm. um, really do your best to make sure you're meeting those application deadlines. Um, it's not the case at Yale, but at a lot of other institutions, if you miss a financial aid deadline, you could be missing out on financial aid dollars. Uh, and then the second piece of advice I just leave you with is um, if you have questions, there are a whole host of financial aid officers out there who are waiting by those phones uh, <laughs> for your call, um, who like to talk to people and like to answer your questions. So really don't hesitate to reach out to us. Um, we are here to help. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. I feel like every time I listen to a financial aid officer speak, I learn more about the process too. So um, this has been really helpful, really great. And uh, thanks for coming on. We'll have to have you back. Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thanks to our friend and colleague, Jill, who's both our sound engineer and great admissions officer. Thanks to Reed for lending us his office. Thanks to former admissions officer, Andrew Brick Johnson, who composes our music. You should check him out at andrewbrickjohnson.com. If you have comments or an idea for another episode, drop us a line at yaleadmissionspodcast at gmail.com. And finally, remember that the views expressed in this podcast are ours and don't necessarily represent those of Yale University. Thanks for listening. <laughs>